The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Happy Thanksgiving. It is Thursday, November 25th. Turkey is flowing, or the gravy is flowing. Turkey is on the table. Football is beginning soon. We have a separate podcast, of course, where we will give out Thanksgiving picks. Uh, myself and Tyler Sullivan, You will that have been in your feed on Wednesday, so you can check that out. This is the full Sunday football pick show normally featuring myself pete prisco rj white normally live not so because we have thanksgiving plans basically pete is complains nonstop about his work schedule even though it's not very difficult he's not here because of that so rj and i will make the picks and give them out rj what's up buddy not much hope you i think this is coming on after thanksgiving on thanksgiving hope you're having a good this is currently, currently thanksgiving Hope you're having a good Thanksgiving. I'm sure everybody's huddled around the table listening to this podcast. That's why every family gets together on, on Thanksgiving is to listen to the pick six pick show. So no, um, Friday morning driving back. I hope everybody's had a good Thanksgiving and, and, uh, and got, you know, got all the food that you wanted and, and and not going to eat again for three or four days. Yes, absolutely. Um, and yeah, actually on Thanksgiving, I make my family sit around and listen to me. I don't say a word. I just hit the play on the podcast, put it put it on the speakers and make my entire extended family listen to me talk about football for uh, several hours. Rather, I mean, it's better than that than, you know, my my relatives coming up and be like, what do you think about the Panthers? I'm like, no, nah, you know what? I'm not asking you about your job. You ask me about my job. I'm just kidding. I don't mind talking about it. <laughs> uh, I also would love if. Anyone watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, subscribe and smash that like button. Look at that breaking news on the, on the scroll. You can see the breaking news. If you're watching on YouTube, Pete Prisco boycotts the pick six podcast on the holidays. It is classic Pete to no show a critical podcast. Uh, We still have his picks though. And by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, you can actually hold up your phone to the to the tv or to the computer and scan a qr code that's right above rj's head on youtube and if you do that and scan that qr code it will take you to the pick six podcast store where right now everything there is 25 percent off actually everything at the cbs sports store is 25 percent off but everything at the pick six podcast store 25 percent off you can support the show show your love for the show support the pod 
buy some hoodies, hats, pint glasses, and more. You can check it out. Like I got this uh, Pick Six Podcast hoodie on. I gotta tell you, it's extremely comfortable and and kind of good looking. Like you know, you know I, I'm not a, uh, I'm digging it. You know, you walk around. Yeah, don't really want to be. I don't know if I want to walk around Raleigh. Just I'd like to maintain a low. You know, you don't want to have the celebrity attention of a Pick Six Podcast shirt on while you're walking around. You know, the town, but. uh Maybe I'll wear this to Thanksgiving. Or maybe I'm wearing this right now and forcing my family to listen to the podcast. Anyway. And Brinson, I just want to note that people are seeing, if you're watching right now on YouTube, prices that aren't reflective of that 25% off mm. sale because we are recording this before Thursday. Right. But come Thursday, when you are watching this, those prices will be slashed. No promo code, no discount code needed. 25% off the entire store. Good luck there, Devo. Good call. So yeah, you go check. So what's people that will see that podcast and they'll be like, is that the guy that misses all his picks on the pick six podcast? Can I get his autograph? It's like, do you think that's going to happen? Um, maybe. Although I think that the podcast has actually been doing pretty good on, um, on standalone uh, uh, primetime games. So maybe people don't hate me quite as much. And they're hopefully probably smart enough not to just blindly tail every single one of my picks on Sunday. I mean, if you, if you are, I apologize in advance. Week 11 records, RJ. Back on the hot streak, four and two. Pete, I went three and four. Pete Prisco, because he's boycotting the show, is going to be have an adjustment made to his record. He thinks he went two and, well, he thinks he went three and three. However, RJ, I am not giving him Bears plus six. But how do you feel about that? You got to give him Bears plus six. We make picks oh, on, with the lines that we have at, at the time. So, I mean, I you make your bet at that time with the sports book. You you get cashed out no matter what. And they're not going to give your money back, you know, if you took the other side of it and it goes down, which I had Ravens, you know, on 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 my picks for sports line. And I don't have a best bet with us, but I don't get to take that pick away. So, um, so I, I think Bears plus six, you play it, well, you know, however, whatever the number is when we play it, that's what we play. All right, so that makes Pete actually 36 and 33 on the season. You were 36 and 29 on the season and 30 and 42. Uh, and Pete went three and three last week. But he won't listen to this, so don't tell him that we're giving him the Bears plus six. I want him to think that we took it away from him because he's lashing out right now on text, I promise. I'm going to see that little red number climbing as the show goes along. We're going to have to tell him by next show because otherwise it's going to he's going to talk about it every single show about how your pick's not going to count because you, we wouldn't give him that one. And so we'll have to deal with it for five minutes or every single show. Oh, God, you're right. Good point. Good point. Uh, The can't hit, won't hit parlay didn't hit as it is wont to do. Steelers actually covered the five and a half. Dolphins covered, but the Saints and Packers did not. Packers certainly could have. Saints Saints weren't even close. That was a a horrible bet. A loss for all three of us. And one of our favorite bets, the the Eagles just ran all over the Saints unexpectedly. Um, Week 12, we start in Green Bay with those aforementioned Packers. Who are playing the Rams, and it is a pick'em at home in a pretty huge NFC game with a total of 47 and a half. Um, Elton Jenkins is out for the season with a torn ACL. Aaron Rodgers has said on Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show, I think he jokingly kept calling it COVID toe, but that's actually a real thing. So I don't know if that's actually what it is, but I don't think it is. Anyway, he has a toe injury that's worse than turf toe. And he says that it is it's really bothering him. There's a bunch of different options on the table, but his one option he said that is not on the table is sitting out this game. He's not going to miss any time. He believe, you know, he wants to, to try and go win the Super Bowl this year with this Packers and what could very well be the last dance for him. And this is not a, a ideal matchup against the Rams. Um, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, 
you know, if, if I'm looking at a team that can really create some issues for Green Bay, I sort of look at LA and, and defensively, they're, to me, they're a team that can do it. What do you think? Yeah, I think the Rams' pass rush is going to feast with Elgin, Elgin Jenkins out. Bakhtiari's not going to play this game. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be in real trouble trying to stop this pass rush. Um, I know COVID toe probably sounds like a, a bad thing, and it's going to hamper him pretty bad, poorly, but hopefully Dr. Joe Rogan will have a good uh, uh, treatment for that, and <laughs> he'll be able to push through it. So we'll see. Uh, I think the bye came at a perfect time for the flailing Rams offense. It gives Beckham more time. It gives Stafford a chance to reset because he was not playing well before the bye. Um, so some teams we, we see kind of derails what they had going and their improvements. And um, then they come off the bye and they don't look great. I think the Rams could be the opposite. They can come out of this looking good. The Green Bay pass defense coming off its worst day. It could be just a blip. It might be something the Rams can exploit. Um, the Rams defense couldn't slow Green Bay's offense in the playoffs last year. I think they've had this circled waiting for revenge. It's the, the perfect narrative spot of we need to prove that 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 wasn't us. Now we got the quarterback to do it. Now uh, Aaron Rodgers is hampered. So I think this is a game dictated by the Rams defense. I, I understand why the totals dropped a point um, since when earlier in the day when it was 48 and a half. Uh, the Rams offense just needs to not be awful again to win. So I have the Rams as a pick em, as a best bet. Um, I think it's up to one uh, Packers minus one as we speak, but um, mm. if injury, if the injury issues are bad or if Rogers is still, you know, saying, um, he's going to be less than hundred percent in this game. Um, I could see people jumping on the Rams and pushing it to Rams being favored. So I think if you can get plus one or you're seeing that get, get it early. Cause then game day, it might flip. I actually thought I saw, yeah, I, I see Rams plus one on my local. It is a pick them right now at uh, Caesars. The totals climbed a point as well, which is a little interesting, but I agree. I mean, look, look. The, I'm not saying that the Packers can't beat the Rams or the Packers can definitely beat the Rams, but the matchup here of like, if you dig it, the, the Packers, the Packers flow their offense through, you know, Aaron Jones when he's healthy and Devonte Adams, right. And Aaron Jones isn't healthy. He's not going to play in this game. Devonte Adams, they can stick Jalen Ramsey on him and even, you know, and, and not have to, and then you can shadow coverage elsewhere and you don't have to worry, you know, in an ideal world, if Jalen Ramsey plays well, it can lock down Devonte Adams. All of a sudden it really makes it difficult for green Bay with missing their tackles with Aaron Rodgers injured to move the football. Um, and I think we see the Rams offense get back on track. They should be able to run the ball effectively and Matthew Stafford get throw the ball deep. I don't believe that there is any significant weather issues. It's going to be cold as hell and maybe a little windy, but nothing insane in Green Bay. So I've got the Rams as a best bet, um, and I agree with you. I think if you like the Rams, you should take them now because it's more than likely going to move towards uh, L.A. as the as sort of the week goes on and we get closer to the weekend. So that's a – and are we going to – how are we going to do this parlay? We're just going to, I guess, try and find Pete's bets that fit. We're going to come up with it ourselves, and we're going to ignore Pete. So when it hits, he doesn't get any more say in the parlay mm -hmm. moving forward. I yeah, I say screw Pete for this week. All right, well, do you want to throw the uh, do you want to throw the Rams in the, in the parlay? Let's do it. Let's start the parlay party now. Actually, scrolling through this, we may um, we may we may have a pretty big parlay, but I we're not we're not going to we're not going to put them all in there. All right, all right. why not? Um, I thought about doing well. You know, it's thanks. Okay, it's Thanksgiving right now, so I guess I can. You mentioned it, but I mean, I thought about doing a, you know what? I'm not going to talk about Thanksgiving parlays. There's a picture for that. People can go listen to it. Eagles minus three at the Giants over under 46 and a half. The Giants, of course, on Monday Night Football looked absolutely 
horrendous. The Bucks snuffed them out, and it really should have been a bigger beatdown than it was. The Giants scored just 10 points, and on Tuesday afternoon, fire, uh, uh, parted ways, excuse me, relieved Jason Garrett of his duties. Um, look, I don't I actually don't like the fact that they relieved Jason Garrett of his duties because I would have preferred Philadelphia, who is now minus three and a half at New York, uh, be able to go up against the Eagle. I mean, go up against the Giants, excuse me, with Jason Garrett calling the plays and running Saquon Barkley into the middle of the line over and over again until he just changed his mind, decided to run Devontae Booker into the middle of the line. Uh, regardless, though, I still like the Eagles here. If, if we've seen Jalen Hurts. They are running the football. I mean, this guy is a dual threat runner. Debo called him one of the 10 greatest running quarterbacks in the history of professional football. We were aghast at the statement and then looked it up and he might not be wrong just in terms of early production, his ability as a runner. They, they're getting healthier on the offensive line and they're healthy on the defensive line. They are running the football with alacrity. And I think this is a bad setup for the New York football giants uh, at home coming off that short week, ugly loss where they got beat up by the Bucks. Did Debo make that statement before or after he saw that Tom Brady run on Monday night? Oh, man, what a run that was. It was the, so the, the, the Giselle Gazelle. Uh, got loose, man. I put Brady number nine and Hurts probably number 10 at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Philly offense is a problem for defenses. It dominated a great rush defense in New Orleans, and the Giants have been bad against the run. So um, you figure they're just going to keep on rolling here. The Giants offense is getting healthier, but it's not translating the positives on the field. I agree with you that it can improve with no Garrett. I think he was an issue. Um, so uh, we have best, I have a best bet. You have a best bet equals minus three. Uh, people are going to be listening to this. alliance probably going to be higher than that. I wouldn't play it if it was higher than, than three. Mm. And if it gets to a point where the giants are plus four and a half, I mean, I might look to play the giants the other way, thinking that they're going to be better offensively when some, with somebody else calling those shots. And, um, for a four and a half point divisional game on the road, either Philly is really good or the giants are really bad. And either one of those seem possible. But um, I think it might be a little bit of recency bias, and they're a little bit closer than the market is thinking, especially if Darius Slay dealing with a concussion, if he can't play, it would be easier for the Giants receivers to have success. Um, so so I would think this would be a little bit closer of a game. But at three, I, you know, I, I think Eagles win by three or four or maybe a little bit more. Um, but we might see a little bit of fight out of the Giants now that they're switching offensive coordinators. We put these picks in before the Garrett news happened. So um so I'm going with three for now, but but I don't love it. I'm probably not going to play it on Sportsline. And if it gets a little little higher, I might think about playing the Giants. So just looking back to the 2018 Cleveland Browns, trying to remember when Todd Haley was fired. Was it? Like, basically, I'm trying to think of when Freddie Kitchens took over exactly. Let's see, Todd Haley. I forgot that Todd Haley fired was fired by the by the Browns. God, that 2018. The Brown scene was incredible. Uh, so it looks like he was fired on November. No, he's fired on October 29th. So that he fired after they lost to the Steelers and they fell to two, five, and one. They scored 21 points against the Chiefs the next week, 28 points in a win against the Falcons. Uh, the following week after that, then they're by. Then they scored 35, 13, 13 points against the Texans. That doesn't seem real. 26, 17, 26, 24. So uh, Mar better with Freddie Kitchens, who we believe will be the offensive coordinator in New York um, for the for the Giants. He's only, I think he's the only guy with offensive play calling experience on that team. And while this podcast will certainly have uh, quite a few chuckles about the Giants going from Jason Garrett to Freddie Outhouse, uh, you can make the case that, that, that Kitchens – is actually an upgrade for this team. The 
rushing offense, I don't know. I'm just looking at the passing numbers. They were, it was very, there's nothing really, in, really consistent about what this team did uh, from an offensive standpoint once he took over. But I would think he'll be more creative about moving receivers around. In particular, we saw him really move around Jarvis Landry when he took over. And I would guess that he sort of tries to do that with Kadarius Tony, who is one of the twitchiest guys in the league right now. Um, does the, does, does Freddie, does Freddie Kitchens concern you at all with the Eagles' best bet? Yeah, he's the offensive coordinator. Like I said, I think that the offense has nowhere to go but up because they they came into the year with a lot of talent. You know, with I know Barkley's been hurt and you can't count on him, but Tony proved to be in in flashes. You know, very dynamic receiver has a little Tyree kill in him. Um, so you want somebody that can get him to that level and develop him to that level and become one of the best receivers in the game and a dangerous weapon that you have to count for on every play. And that just hasn't happened except for that one game. You know, we've been all waiting for that since then. Um, so you get Garrett out of there, get somebody who can who has a chance of maximizing that because I don't think he can do worse than Garrett right now, which is going to make it all the worse if the bears who apparently aren't firing Matt Nagy, according to Matt Nagy, as of Tuesday, um, the people on Thursday or Friday listening might, might be like, well, I guess Matt Nagy was wrong because he's fired at this point. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> the, who knows what happened in the next few days? But I think if you're the bears, um, you got to fire him now so you can get a jump on Jason Garrett coaching search. You can get him in the building. <laughs> well, but, if, but, if another team hires him as a head coach, oh my God. At this point. But before you do that, RJ, you got to let this giant season play out to see if you want to hire Freddie Kitchens as your head coach in, in Chicago. Uh, or you maybe you bring him as a, as a tandem, tandem, Kitchens and Garrett. Uh, co-head coaches for the first time in history is that, like the bears need to sink lower. They haven't sunk low enough. And frankly, like I, I know that we're not talking about the bears cause they already, you know, they've already played or they are about to play or already played if, for most of the people who are listening to this, but the, the bears fans who started chanting fire, fire Nagy at, at the bulls game. That's funny. That's amusing. You know, it's a bunch of Chicago people getting mad, starting a fire Nagy chant. The people who did it at his kids saw a football game, Come on, man. That is terrible. Nagy is there as a dad, as like a father, watching his son play. People are chanting fire Nagy at a at a freaking high school game. I mean, look, I'm all for empowering fans and and like, you know, and 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 taking down bad coaches, but that is classless. I don't sure they deserve a whole and, lot. And I guarantee you every one of those people chanting in that stadium deserves to be shouted fire you at that same at them for some of the things that they do at their job. The type of people that would Correct. do that. You got you gotta figure they aren't like the best employees or the most stand-up individuals <laughs> in society. So so somebody somebody would follow them around and scream, you know, fire this guy because he's terrible. That would actually be fun to, to see. Just people kind of like just tracked down by like, strangers in the street. Fire! I guess people chant Princeton sucks in this podcast all the time, so I'm not sure that I should even be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> jerks. At any rate, uh, do I don't know if we do we want to put the Eagles in this parlay? No. Um, one, the, no. one of the reasons I say no is we're picking it at three, and it just doesn't feel legit for us to throw it at three in That's the parlay when nobody else is going to be able to take it. Yeah. Uh, um, thank you guys for that. Thank you. <laughs> good point good point all right next up all right it's in, it's in now all right yeah let's put it in now just a troll team <laughs> pete would want us to do it the panthers minus one and a half at the dolphins and over under of 42 um this game was a pick em, uh monday sunday night monday um, Monday morning, maybe the Panthers coming off a, a rough defensive game against the Washington football team played really poorly uh, against Taylor Heineke or maybe Tyler Taylor Heineke played really well. And the Panthers offensive line was not good in this game either, but Cam Newton is a massive, massive upgrade over Sam Darnold at the quarterback position. 
the Dolphins are not a good football team, and you know they are you know coming off of a win against a bad Jets team, but it wasn't exactly an easy win. This line has moved to Panthers minus one and a half now, and I think the Panthers can go down there to South Beach. And barring some sort of you know uh, South Beach hangover, which happens frequently for for sports teams across the you know across every single league, uh, I think Carolina should be able to run the ball, get Christian McCaffrey involved in in the pass game, use Cam Newton's legs. He's got another week with the playbook. I think the defense bounces back and really limits. Like Tua had a good game, but not a great game against a horrible Jets defense. The Panthers are a much, much better team than the Jets. I think that the Panthers should be a three-point favorite here, and I love the Panthers as a best bet. I don't think it was a great game. I mean, teams are putting up 45 on the Jets, 40-45, and, and the Dolphins, they were favored by three and a half, and they covered. So I guess you look at it that way, and you're like, okay, they beat expectations, so it was a good game for them. Like, I don't know. They didn't really look great. And the, you can you can house the Jets if you're, if you're a decent team. Um, the Bills' offense hasn't looked great. You know, I'm sure people um, – hopefully they look better on Thursday night now that people are listening to this. But, but I have worries about that offense, and uh, they put up 45 on the Jets, so – um, yeah, I'm, I'm not impressed by the Dolphins at all after what we saw last week. Carolina's defense is excellent versus the pass, but struggles against the run. However, Miami doesn't run the ball much, and when they do, they don't run very well. So um, if Miami's going to keep to their normal game plan in this game, I think Carolina's defense could eat them up. Uh, Miami's defense playing well, but defending an offense that runs through Christian McCaffrey doesn't play to their strengths, um, having to chase down Cam. Uh, Cam played well, but the Carolina offense, like I, I think you were right, will continue to open up as he gets more reps, gets more familiar with it. There's better days ahead. Um, even with that loss, I moved him up two points in my power ratings just because I think that the offense is going to get better and better as he gets more familiar. And um, and I'm okay with the defense having a bad game here and there. It happens with these defenses, but I still think they're a really good defense for the most part. And uh, when you play a, a bad team like the Dolphins, you dominate that game so i have carolina as a best bet you have carolina as a best bet pete has carolina as a best bet i think carolina has to go into the parlay even though we're not getting as good a number here that as as i got on sports i know i took it at pick them on monday um but one and a half i think they win this game yeah i think i actually put i think i bet the panthers for let me look and see confirm i'm pretty sure i bet them for yep uh, no just one unit i had the rams for two units but yeah the rams panthers and uh, Rams and Panthers were like my two favorite bets when I was looking at this on um, on Monday night and Monday or my, yeah Monday night and, and sort of trying to figure out what what games I wanted to to bet on this week and I thought that Panthers game was going to move too uh, it has I mean the other thing we could do is bet the money line and put that in the parlay instead. No, we'll we'll we're hitting these uh, these spreads. You know, we'll just be consistent and do what we've been doing instead of having to worry about, oh, what was our payout because we did a minus 130 instead of a minus 110, which we, we kind of know that they're <laughs> basically if you're putting three teams in, it's six six to one, and, and, and you don't have to do too much math besides that. All right, fair enough. Uh, Panthers minus one and a half goes in the parlay. Uh, Pete has them, as, as we mentioned, Pete has them as a best bet as well. So that's a, that's a clean sweep for the three of us. Not so much in this next game. The Patriots minus five and a half. That's our number. I think it may have moved up to six and a half. Uh, on Caesars, I know I saw six and a half on on my local. I put the I love the Patriots this week. They are hosting the Tennessee Titans minus five and a half. The over under forty five and a half. Mac Jones in his first six weeks of the season, two and four record. Yep, moved to six and a half as you can see there. Uh, he was attempting thirty five point two 
uh, passes per game in the first six weeks, completing 71% of them uh, and you know, 245 yards per game, seven yards per attempt, but seven touchdowns and six interceptions. The last five weeks, the Patriots have tried to take stuff off of Max plate and minimize the number of times he's throwing. He's down to 27.6 attempts per game. 68.8% completion, just 213 yards, but 7.7 yards per attempt, seven touchdowns and two interceptions in that stretch. The Patriots are 5-0. and I think what we have here is very clearly a case of the Patriots sort of identifying what they want to be on offense. And their offensive identity is pounding the football, creative in the run game, Mac Jones being converting in big spots, being efficient, not making mistakes, not turning the ball over. He has responded in a big way. I think maybe the competition has been a little bit easier too, but New England is rolling right now. And I understand that the Titans have, you know, Titans are Jekyll and Hyde. They beat good teams. I think seven and zero against teams with, uh, or teams who would currently be in the playoffs. And then they lost to the, 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 uh, the Texans and the Jets. So it's really weird. And Mike Vrabel undefeated against Bill Belichick in his coaching career. I don't care. Belichick is cooking right now. The Pats know who they are. They know what they want to be. They know how they want to attack you. And they are playing some really good defense. The Titans are, you know, have no rush attack really at the moment. And I think New England turns this into a one-dimensional team. And when you do that against Tennessee, they're going to have to funnel everything through A.J. Brown. Right. And everything like Belichick's going to take away AJ Brown. He's just going to put two dudes on AJ Brown and force Ryan Tannehill to beat him with like uh, Keeney Westbrook and Chester Rogers and other players that, that they don't need. Plus, John o. Smith revenge game. RJ, what you think? Gotta love the revenge games. Like you can't can't get through a, a segment without a revenge game. Uh, so you have this as uh, Patriots as a best bet. Pete has it as Titans as a best bet. Mm. Um, we're grading it at five and a half. So when it hits, when it lands on six, Pete can't go. Well, it was six and a half. And they're like, no, <laughs> like it's right. it's That's six. Right. Brinson wins that one. Um, it's going up, and and you can see why. If he gets a seven, I kind of like Tennessee, and I'd be on the, the Pete side. Tennessee was due to be exposed, but you're not going to have five turnovers very often, and, and they actually pretty 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 much outplayed Houston, you know, all in all facets of the game in, the, in in that one, except for the turnovers. And Houston had 190 yards of offense; they had three scoring drives with that totaled one yard. So it's not like they had to do much to get those points. Um, you know, I don't see a beat up Tennessee offense scoring points, but I think the defense is playing well. They played well against Houston and I think they can play well against Mac Jones. Keep this close. You say they're taking stuff off his plate. He doesn't have to do much. I mean, in the second half, he doesn't have to do anything if they're up, you know, double digits every single game. So yep. um, that's part of why he's not throwing is, is he, he doesn't have Fair. to the second, second, second half. Uh, they're just way ahead of these teams. Maybe they'll be like that against the Titans because that offense might be a little train wrecky here. But um, I, I think the defense can have a good game here. I think New England is definitely legit at this point. I'm not saying that they're overrated by any means, but it feels like a rock fight, low-scoring rock fight. They win by four to me, not a blowout game. So um, line looking up, like I said, I'll play it if Tennessee hits a seven um, because I think that two good defenses, that there's some value playing against that, that big a number. And for what it's worth, uh, I agree completely with your point about Mac Jones. The Patriots have been thrashing teams, so he hadn't had to play. He hadn't had to do a whole lot in the second half. And – it is annoying to like, I was going to love the Patriots. I wanted the, I didn't want the Titans to lose to the Texans because I wanted to love the Patriots in the spot. And, you know, a, it, it you know, sort of, you know, shell shocks them. Maybe they come back you know, just like they did after the Jets lost and realist and wins. Albeit no Derrick Henry now. Uh, and then, and then the other thing is the line moved, you know, three and a half points from the look at it was Pat's minus three uh, before you don't, I don't like you know losing that kind of value and taking the Pat's minus five and a half, but I don't care. I just, I just, I just believe in this Pats team and 
they I, they know two games before they're by Titans and Bills. Bill Belichick's just trying to go one and zero each week, and I know that's like stupid, you know, coach speak or whatever. But I think he's got this team in a spot where they know how important this game is for the conference, and they know how important next week is for the division, and just take it one game at a time. I think they'll come out looking quite sharp. So Brown, the Titans, the Titans don't know that, right? They don't. Know Titans important. do not know that. That's correct. Titans are unaware of it. Interesting. If you're they should the get a new coach, then <laughs> what's that? They should get a new coach then. If they're not aware yeah, how big this game is, them. don't don't don't. <laughs> Hopefully, they're not listening to this podcast on Friday. They drive home for their family, uh, their family, whatever they do with their families over Thanksgiving, whatever whatever people in Nashville eat. I guess you eat hot chicken. Cut. What do you think? Yeah, it's got to be hot chicken. I want to apologize too. I didn't have the Johnny Smith revenge game in my notes. I didn't think it warranted mentioning because I didn't think it was that big. But apparently, you do, so I should have mentioned it. Always re- mention revenge. Belichick revenge game against Vrabel. That's the who knocked Tom Brady. Ended Tom Brady's the dynasty. He ended the dynasty. Or don't don't the Patriots have a uh, or don't the Titans have a practice squatter that played for the Patriots at one time that we can call it a revenge game for him too, and we can cancel it out. I'm pretty sure there are a lot of players on the Titans who played for the Patriots. Yeah, you know, the same thing. Go. It's like the it's like the Panthers in Washington and Buffalo. It's just all over the place. Uh, Browns at Ravens. Ravens minus four over under forty six and a half. You know the the Baker Mayfield stuff. Actually, I'll let you go first on this one because I, I don't I don't have a best bet on this, but you and Pete both do. Yeah, I'm speaking for Pete because we are both on Cleveland plus four as a best bet. It's hard to get a handle on Cleveland week to week. It's down to three and a half now, so it seems like the sharps are on our side. If it gets any lower than that, I don't really love Cleveland. But Mm -hmm. uh, I think the offense has scored 17 or less in five of their six games. Browns just aren't a good offense, and I'm ready to write them off, and then they have like a 41-point explosion out of nowhere. So so I just don't know what this offense. Uh, I'm not confident that Baker can exploit a Baltimore pass defense that has struggled in big spots this year, You know, so maybe – Maybe he doesn't is able to do much because of how he's looked in that passing game. Baltimore's offense should be much better as long as key pieces aren't getting surprisingly ruled out like they were last week. Um, and Baltimore's defense has been much better against the run than the pass, so it seems like I'm arguing for Baltimore, but they really haven't been tested much, and Cleveland will test them. Cleveland's number one in yards per rush, has more rush attempts than pass attempts. They are going to run the ball no matter what. Um, so I think that once you put that onto the Ravens, you get the Ravens with it. They have issues tackling. If, if Chubb can get to the second level, I mean, he could be breaking tackles and getting long touchdowns, you know, a couple of them uh, in long, big, long plays because Ravens just are not a good tackling team. And uh, the key thing to me, the reason that put me on Cleveland is I think their defensive line can have success against a Baltimore offensive line that uh, we know has had some issues. They Ronnie Stanley out for the year. Um, you get Miles Garrett lined up against those tackles. I think he can feast and really put Lamar at, you know, unease the whole game. And um, the Ravens really aren't really able to get anything going on offense. Um, so if the Cleveland defense is keeping the team in the game, the run game can uh, can wear Baltimore down and Cleveland can come in and get to win. Uh, but I want to get at least three. I want it to be a, a low-scoring, late-season divisional fight that some team wins by three. And if I can get three or four in our case with the Browns, I like it. Um, once you get closer to three, I don't, I don't like it as much. For sure. And like you said, we had four and a half on this uh, on this best bet. Looking like a pretty windy uh, windy day in Baltimore. I mean, nothing nothing crazy, but just you know, 46 degree, high of 46. It's just going to be cold. It uh, doesn't look like any rain. Oh, excuse me. No, no, no. It's going to be more like 50, in the 50s on Sunday right now. With actually not not a lot of wind. Uh, I was looking at Saturday. My fault. Uh, slight chance of rain, but not not a not a ton. 20 percent chance of rain. It just, I mean, it does have a a rock fight feel to it, though. 
Nick Chubb, five rushing touchdowns in his career against the Baltimore Ravens. That is the most of uh, of any team he's gone against. I believe that you know if you look at his numbers for his career against like a career splits against Baltimore, they're not great. But that's primarily because of his rookie season when he had I think uh, three carries for two yards and nine carries for twenty four yards against him. He's got several explosive games against Baltimore, or at least one. Uh, the one I always think about is from la- from twenty nineteen when he um. Yeah, he's got two. Yeah, he's got two two big games against Baltimore. That 2019 game where he had 165 yards and three touchdowns. And you remember Baker's doing the helicopter thing up the sideline. You could see them just leaning into this. And as you point out, Baltimore not a great tackling team. The rushing the rushing attack there uh, with Chubb and 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 the Browns, um, Jarnis Johnson should be a factor as well. They will. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the Browns. I don't love them. But I think I, I will take Cleveland catching the points because I do think it. I don't think it'll be a blowout for whatever reason. This Browns team, like right when you think they're going to get torched by the Ravens, they somehow find a way to like pull off a, a very surprising win. And I don't think people are particularly high on Cleveland right now. So I, I will. I will take the. I will buy the dip on Cleveland as the the crypto kids like to say. We got a little uh, breaking news, semi Browns related. Freddie Kitchens will call plays for the Giants per source, according to Kim Jones. So I saw Freddie that. Kitchens is the guy. Yeah, I was going to let you know. So that's right. Uh, Freddie Kitchens in charge of the Giants offense. Glad we didn't uh, don't want to mess with Freddie. This is his, funk of Freddie. This is his chance to get a, co- a head coaching job. You know, show what you can do here in the last few weeks. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. You, if, you had, if you had to have one for the Bills for your team, would you rather have Freddie Kitchens or Jason Garrett? I'd pick a new team. <laughs> you just quit football? Yeah. I'd go I'd dive in. Jason Garrett. But you don't feel good about it. I mean, I go dive into my college team and, and oh wait, hybrid for the Longhorns. I probably wouldn't do that either. So uh, yeah, maybe just pick, stay with baseball. I'd uh, I'd start scouting the XFL for that return and see who I want to root for. There. <laughs> uh, the Falcons are a pick'em at the Jaguars over under forty six and a half. This game, this line actually might have moved a little bit as well. Same, I think, same sort of principle here as the Panthers. At the Dolphins, you don't like taking these these ugly teams on the road. Uh, slight favorites, certainly. You you know you'd rather have be catching points, but Jacksonville's terrible, and while Atlanta is terrible as well, we have seen the Falcons all season long have beat up on bad uh, beat up on bad teams, and oh, still pick them. Okay, there you go. At uh, at Caesar, still a pick them. The Falcons, if you look at their wins, the Giants they beat. I think they beat by three. The Jets, they beat by a touchdown. The Dolphins, they beat, and the well, they snuck one against the Saints. Otherwise, they scored three points in their last two weeks. But it was against the Cowboys and the Patriots, two defenses that uh, are playing well, plus the Dan Quinn revenge factor there in Dallas. Um, this is not a good football team in Atlanta. You know, Calvin Ridley is off the uh, – on whatever whatever list he was placed on, but it's not expected to come back. Uh, Arthur Smith did not have an update on his status. I still think we can see the Falcons and Kyle Pitts and Matt Ryan put up enough points here to, you know, Cordell Patterson should be back for this game to just take care of business against Jacksonville. It's an away game, but it's not really far. Atlanta to Jacksonville, hop, you know, hopping to skip in terms of the drive there. I don't, maybe fly. I guess you could fly. Uh, it's not far. And so you're not, you know, you're not dealing with a ton of that stuff coming off of Thanksgiving. Pretty easy to to handle. Um, I just think the Falcons are a better team, and Jacksonville is probably getting too much credit here 
for whatever reason, I guess for just being at home or maybe because they, I don't know, they hung with the Colts and beat the Bills in the last three weeks? Uh, so Kyle Pitts went to Florida. Urban Meyer once coached at Florida. So some revenge game. I know they weren't together, but maybe there's a revenge uh, game. Kyle Pitts homecoming game. That's not revenge game. Homecoming game. Homecoming game. Okay. So uh, not for yeah, Urban, I, he lives there. So you can't be a homecoming game if you're, if you're always there. I have the Falcons as as a best bet at Pickham, um, but I don't I don't agree that it's like the the Panthers game because I think the Panthers are actually could be a good team, and I know sure. the Falcons aren't a good team. Um, but improving Jacksonville rush defense just got gashed by San Francisco. Um, but even though that improve that Jacksonville defense is improving against the run, Atlanta is not going to run much anyway. That's not what they do. Uh, Atlanta's weapons look mediocre, but I'm not sure Jacksonville's defense can contain Kyle Pitts or or Cordell Patterson in the passing game. Even if most other teams can, I just don't think Jacksonville has anybody to really cover anyone um atlanta's defense was solid versus new england um so uh, i don't think they had as terrible a game as the scoreboard would indicate you get those late picks you know kind of added up piled on there at the end um jacksonville's offense hasn't scored more than 23 all year they are a tough test for no defense so even if you have a bad defense you can have a good game against jacksonville um atlanta's looked at a solid like a solid team at times this year, like you said, and Jacksonville just needs teams to implode to have a shot uh, at winning games. So like Buffalo did. So maybe that happens for Atlanta um, here because they're not a great team, but because of those matchups and them beating up on bad teams, I think they should probably be favored here. I wouldn't lay any points with the Falcons. They're a bad team, but if the line's going to be a pick them, I have the Falcons as a best bet. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's as simple as it's not, it's not that the Falcons are. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm not saying the Falcons are, like the Panthers. I'm just saying that it's like, I think the difference between the Panthers and the Falcons is probably the same between the Dolphins and the Jaguars, right? Like the, and the two teams, the two NFC South teams, I think are much better than the two Florida teams respectively in their matchups. That's why I want to go with uh, Atlanta in that spot. Let's take yeah, a break. Pete, oh, sorry, Pete also has, Pete also has a best bet on this game on the under. Oh, good call. So, uh, so do we want to, do we want to put, um, do we want to put the Falcons in a in the parlay? To be Falcons, yes. Panthers, uh, Rams. I love that. I wanted to. I almost bet that parlay this morning. Like I was looking at it on my site, and I was like, "Man, I like that." It's you know, three road teams, which you don't love, but it's short spreads. We're not. We don't have to. You're not going to get backdoor covered here. It's just go win your game. Go win your game. Beat and beat a either an inferior team or a team with a, a ton of injuries that they're dealing with. Granted, it's on the road after Thanksgiving. I, I like that parlay. I kind of like being on the road after Thanksgiving too. It's no, no distractions of being at home, you know, yeah. having to deal with the family, all being at home. You just get on a, a business road trip and you deal with all that stuff later and put it out of your mind and go play football. So yep. um might be good for those teams to get on the road this week. I don't, don't hate it at all. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, a few more best bets from myself and RJ. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Jets at Texans. What a world. The New York Jets. Actually, excuse me, the Houston Texans are three-point favorites, RJ. They are three-point favorites at home against the New York Jets. I don't know if it's going to be – I think it's going to be Mike White starting for the for the Jets in this spot, but I, I just don't know how this game is. It features any sort of uh, favorite. They're just making a pick them. It's already down to two-and-a-half at Caesars. The total here has actually ticked up half a point to 44-and-a-half. Uh, can, you, can you talk yourself into backing either one of these teams? Yeah, at three, which is was our line. I have the Jets as a best bet. It's what I got it in on a on sports line. Was that plus three? I think like you, you nailed it. If the, any either of these teams are three point favorites, take the other team because no, neither of these teams should be favored in any game. Uh, Houston coming off a rare win, but they didn't play particularly well. Like I said, they were just handed all those turnovers. Like teams have been doing against Tennessee, they've been handing Tennessee turnovers, and they've been winning because even though the offense hadn't been playing well, and that's what Houston got the benefit of. All it all caught up to Tennessee in one week. Uh, so three of Houston's five scoring drives, like I said. It combined one yard of offense. Um, Houston's not going to benefit from five turnovers again. And there are, that kind of offense isn't going to cut it. And they're probably going to have a better offensive game against the Jets because everyone does. Uh, the Jets aren't good, but Elijah Moore is really good. And I don't know how Houston slows him down in this game. Um, so this is, I, I can't make a huge argument for why the Jets are good or, or why they're going to win this game. It's more a fade against one of the NFL's worst teams laying points. Um, so plus three, I love the Jets. You're probably seeing it at less than three. So I hope you got the three. Um, but, you know, even if you're going to play this, don't lay the points, just play the money line on the Jets because neither of these teams should be getting plus money on the money line. I mean, that, that is the entire argument for taking the Jets, right? Like, it's just the Texans can't be favored by three points against any football team in, in the world. Even, like, Matt Nagy's son's high school football team, the Texans can't be favored by three against, or maybe them. But, I mean, the, the other thing, too, is the Texans coming off, you know, Sort, I mean, I don't want to call it their Super Bowl, but I mean, they beat the, you know, they take down the number one seed in the AFC division rival. Uh, you know, the, you know, the, the, of course, the, the Titans left, left Houston. I mean, not that many people care about that now, but I mean, that's a, like, that's a huge win for the city of Houston. You can tell that the Texans were pumped up about it. Uh, clear cut letdown spot here as they try to get their, uh, they try to get their first win streak under David Cully with the, with the second victory uh, against the New York Jets. But again, they just can't be favored. So uh, for me, that is, I would lean towards the Jets as well, plus three, but I agree with you. Like you don't, you don't want to take it with, if you're not getting more to field goal, right? Yeah, I play the money line if you want to take the Jets because it's if you're getting plus one fifteen, plus one twenty, that you should be getting minus one ten on both sides. So it's like you said, it should be a pickup. So if you want to play anything in this game? Just play the play the money line. You're getting good value there. The both the Vikings and the 49ers are kind of surging right now, and they square off with uh, the winner of this game likely to find itself in the playoffs. You know, after you know, if the season ended after week twelve, which of course it does not. The 49ers are laying three. At home, just sort of a like I I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I got I got 49ers as a best bet. I just don't think you can really know what you're going to get with these two teams. And you know, I would guess that you'll probably lean towards the Vikings catching three because Mike Zimmer every single like eight of the ten games they played this year, or I think five eight have been nine of the ten games have been one score games, and I think like five of the eight whatever it is they've had because come down to the last play like almost every single week for the vikings they've been in really close games um 
Kirk Cousins is playing pretty well, putting up some good numbers. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo is playing really well too right now. And the 49ers are finally starting to find their identity on offense, starting to click, and they should be able to run the ball effectively against Minnesota here. I, I just don't I don't know that you're going to see Minnesota uh, roll out to the West Coast and slow them down. They're 27th in uh, rush defense DVOA, and that's not a good number even with a Mike Zimmer coach defense, when you're going up against Kyle Shanahan in this rushing attack, they move guys all, all over the place. George Kittle playing some good football as well. Such a key component when he's fully healthy in that offense. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, who was in the doghouse earlier this season, starting to come around and, and be a big factor in that offense. And I think th these this team is sort of starting to take shape in San Francisco as the team we thought we were getting when the season started. So I've got the 49ers as a best bet here. Yeah, I thought I was going to like Vikings plus three. Um, seems like just take the points with how they're playing. Uh, they look good for two straight weeks. But then I remember that means it's time for them to completely flop because they're the Vikings, and that's what they do. They never have a, a consistent, you know, as soon as you think you have them pegged, they're going to do the opposite. The defense played well against the Chargers, but it struggled against good offenses otherwise, and I think San Francisco is a good offense, and it's kind of undeniable with everybody healthy. They get creative. They use Debo in the backfield with Mitchell out. I don't think that's fair. I don't think you should be allowed to put Debo Samuel in the backfield. It's hard, <laughs> hard, hard enough to defend him at receiver. Like, don't let don't let him get in the backfield. It's just not fair to anybody else. And the, even with him playing back there, the passing game still looks solid because IU had a good game. Kittle's back. So they have enough weapons that they can get away with it and they're not playing scrubs out there at receiver. Um, so I think San Francisco being a good offense with those guys, healthy Shanahan calling the plays, doing creative things. Um, they're going to give the Vikings some trouble. Like you said, San Francisco's defense coming off two great games. Minnesota has the weapons to succeed against the defense, even against those, those games, if they avoid their periodic flop um, that they have every once every so often. Um, but I kind of think this might be the game where they flop. Uh, I don't want to take either of these teams. I don't know what I'm going to get from either of these teams. Uh, I would lean to the 49ers if I had to pick it, but but it is going to be a stay away from me. All right, and you can see there on Caesars, the juice is uh, is up to 115 on the 49ers, it looks like elsewhere. Yeah, that's just the, the standard number out there. So I mean, if you like the Niners, may want to get it now because it's possible it goes to three and a half. Obviously, prefer three to three and a half is a pretty important number when it comes to NFL games. No best bet for Steve, for Pete there. Uh, Steelers at the Bengals. Bengals are minus three and a half. This game actually may have moved up to four and a half, which would be a little surprising. Over under of 45. Pete Prisco is the best bet on the Bengals here. I think I tend to lean towards him. Big Ben has owned the Bengals for much of his career. He's been awful against them the last two games, averaging 5.1 yards per attempt with a 67.5 passer rating, 0-2. Uh, he's never lost three straight games to the Bengals in his career. Uh, do you think it happens here, RJ? Since he won in Pittsburgh in week three, are they really going to sweep them? I mean, I think it's been 2009 since they swept him in a year, in a, in a, in a season. Um, the, the market obviously got a preview of Pete's picks, and everybody jumped on since he had three and a half because it's up to four and a half now. Well, you know, in the future, you might have a little more clarity on who's going to play in this game. And, um, you know, especially on the Pittsburgh defensive side and the line might be a little bit different. Once you get to four and a half, I like the Steelers. Um, the defense, I think, is going to have you know, at least two of those guys back on defense, Minka and Watt. And I know they're all going to practice uh, with Hayden. They played awful last week without them. And, and I and I thought they would be okay defensively. I didn't think they were going to be good. But, you know, when you're using losing stars like that, um, I thought they had enough depth to overcome that. But they were just trash against the, against the Chargers. Um, so it'll be great to have them back. Since he succeeded with the run last week, that's where Pittsburgh defense is struggling. So that's what you want to do. So if they come out and they run the ball again, um, you know, I think they could have success, but that's kind of atypical for their offense. They typically don't, 
you know, build things around the run. They like to throw the ball. Um, Pittsburgh's offense surprisingly struggled to run the ball against the Chargers. I think they're the first team ever to struggle at running the ball against the Chargers. Yeah, really? Um, and it was three, not easy too. And, and I mean, I guess the offensive lines are very good, but still. Yeah, I figured the Steelers were locked, handed to Najee 25 times in that game, and they just didn't. Right. Um, but they had three super short scoring drives, so I don't want to read too much in the point total they put up because, you know, they're kind of gifted in some some field position in the fourth quarter. Since he does feel like the better team right now, so I get where you guys are coming from, I think a healthier Pittsburgh defense makes this a closer one. It's like that Ravens-Browns game, the AFC North, late season, rock fight, low scoring. Um, so I like getting three points, three, more than three points with either these teams. Then when you extend it to four and a half, really like getting the Steelers at plus four and a half because it just seems like it's going to be three points either way. No, look, that's a fair point. I mean, it's it, you ask, you say it like say it out loud. Are the are the Bengals going to sweep the Steelers? And it sure, you know, it doesn't seem like something that you would expect. I don't have the Bengals as the best bet. Pete does, and he's getting three and a half. We won't we won't bump him up to four and a half. We'll be kind about that. Um, Joe Burrow is playing really well right now. It's you know a little swoon midseason, but he started he started to pick it back up. Um, the Joe Mixon career high, I believe, in rushing yards last week. So he's you know. They're starting to find it, find it offensively again. I do agree with you. The defensive injuries matter. Minka and TJ Watt back make that Steelers team a lot better. I mean, Cameron Hayward was doing everything, um, including punching Justin Herbert for some bizarre reason. Um, yeah. yeah, I heard you guys talking about that. Like uh, the camera angles I saw, like, I wasn't too dialed in, but it seemed to me like he was off balance. I don't think he, I don't. It didn't seem like a malicious. Oh, yeah, I didn't like, think he was. I didn't think he was like, like I want to punch this guy in the stomach for something. I just think that he 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 might have got nudged on the camera angle. You couldn't really see, or he just didn't have his balance, and he just kind of fell on him. Um, so I think it was just the way he fell on him. It looked worse than it probably was in his intent. Yeah, Cameron Hayward's not the dude to just randomly punch a quarterback. You know, that's not like his style. So I agree. Uh, I will, I'll take the Bengals. Getting a little nervous taking them, but I, th- I think I will take the Bengals, uh, but not as a best bet. Lean towards the Bengals. Pete Prisco has them as a best bet. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson placed on the reserve COVID list by the Vikings. Just that's a factor against the 49ers. In fact, that might move it to three and a half. I'm not saying that Dalvin Tomlinson's worth half a point, but you know, it's an interior starting offensive line, defensive lineman. That's a problem when you're going up against San Francisco. We'll see. I mean, they didn't they didn't need their pass rushers the last couple of weeks when uh, I thought that was going to be a problem, and they've been been uh, you know uh, overcoming that. So maybe they'll overcome this. Maybe so. Buccaneers minus two and a half at the Colts over under 51 and a half. This is one of two games we're going to talk about in the next minute or so or next few minutes. Uh, road favorites that frankly, and you can see if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. If you, if you are watching, by the way, smash that like button. Uh, the Buccaneers appear to be headed towards uh, three on the spread. This game, this, this game and the next game we're going to talk about are rancid. Why are the Buccaneers only favored by three? I know the Colts are good. They're playing great football. How can the, how can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is it just because they're on the road and Tom Brady hadn't as good on the road? Or are they coming off the big Monday night game on a short week? I, I don't get it, RJ. I've got the Buccaneers as a best bet. I thought that they would be like four or five-point favorites. Two and a half is not enough for what the Buccaneers can do, um, You know, especially when you consider that Vita Vea is going to be back in this game. The Colts' whole thing is running the football with Jonathan Taylor right now. That's their identity, and they're doing it really well. Five touchdowns last game. Um, Carson Wentz didn't have to do anything in that game because it was a blowout against the Bills. Uh, you know, I just I think this is just a poor matchup for for the Colts in terms of what they want to do against a team that is very good against the run. I like the Buccaneers big here. 
Yeah, you know what you sound like. You're talking like that. You sound like somebody that picked the uh, Saints against the Eagles, saying that's right. their identity, identity is the run. Right. Yeah. Identity is the run. This is what they do, and, and this is the defense to stop them. And I just can't assume that Indy's going to have a tougher time running in this matchup after what Philly did in New Orleans. If you're really good at, at that, then maybe you can beat, beat these the supposedly tough matchups. You can overcome them. Uh, the, the Indy defense is unlikely to generate four takeaways versus Tom Brady like they did last week. So yep. um, I just don't think that's going to happen. Indy's defense coming off a great game has struggled plenty this year too i mean remember that jets game they gave up 30 in that game a couple weeks ago um if any offense can't rush for 260 yards again like they did two of the last three weeks can Wentz keep up if brady's slinging it i doubt it um so i would lean to the bucks too at minus two and a half i don't love it really Tampa Bay secondary got murphy bunting back ahead of the giants game i thought that was going to help them finally get healthier and they didn't give up a ton of points maybe it did but he didn't look particularly great maybe a week, week later now he'll, he'll be better after getting a week of reps there it does feel like laying less than three on brady in a matchup of brady versus Wentz is great value any way you slice it i just think this colts team aside from Wentz, and Wentz isn't playing that poorly I, I said it last week like he has three interceptions on the year we think that he's a bad quarterback and he's he's kind of holding them back but he's played perfectly fine and he's giving the colts what they need it is a competent quarterback protecting the ball and let the offensive line the run game the defense all go to work because they have a good team around them. So I disagree that this line doesn't make sense. I have the Buccaneers as the number one team in my power ratings at seven points above average, and that's a point and a half better than anyone else. I have the Colts at this point at two and a half points above average because I think they're getting better. They're playing so well with the running game and the defense and the offensive line that um, I think that they're up there with those teams like the Patriots, Ravens, Chargers, you know, kind of in, the, in that that good tier of of, um, of AFC teams, and maybe the Patriots are a little bit a little bit ahead of that group at this point. But I think the Colts kind of deserve to be that. And if you make it that and make the line how I said, you give two points to the Colts for home field advantage at this point in time. Line's two and a half at that point. So the line makes sense to me. Um, I don't think there's great value on Tampa. That's why I didn't jump on it two and a half. But I'm going to lean that way just because I see Brady versus Wentz, and you're getting less than three. I, I, it makes sense for me to lay that point. Those those two and a half points at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's sort of my thought process, but that's a good way of explaining it, that the line actually does make sense. However, if the action is so one-sided on Tampa, you'll see that line move up, right? We could get three. I mean, it's going to go to three, I would I would think. Uh, maybe three and a half. But at three and a half, you'll probably get a bunch of buyback on the Colts from from people, from Sharps who, who, you know, who believe that the Colts are legitimate. And as you point out, I mean, you know, this defense is uh, ninth overall in DVOA for the Colts, second against the run. Uh, that that is you know it, that is actually better than the uh, than the Buccaneers who are fourth against the run. The Buccaneers are f- seventh against the pass. Though Tampa has the number seven uh, defense by DVOA overall, and then the, the Colts have shot all the way up to number two in terms of rush offense in DVOA rankings. I mean, this, you know, they're running the ball really well. Quentin Nelson uh, suffered an injury, but appears to be fine. I think, I don't think he's expected to miss any time. So yeah, I mean, look, the Colts could pound the ball. And I mean, we've seen weirder things than Tom Brady losing to Indianapolis, but you know, dome game, I, yeah. think he'll play, I think he'll play well. And I'll also point out the public doesn't see this as like a ridiculous line. That doesn't make any sense. Cause there's only 58% of the tickets are on Tampa Bay at this point. It's not one of those 90 to 10 matchups. What are we doing here with this line? You know, it's just public right. is so clearly on one side. I think that it kind of makes sense for them. The next game we're going to talk about, they're a lot more weighted on the favorite, the road. Favorite. Okay. Uh, yeah. The next one is uh chargers at the Broncos chargers. Coming off a big win against the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Is it 
yeah, Sunday Night Football, um, in which Justin Herbert nearly passed for 300 and rushed for 100 yards. Uh, as as it was, as is the case with Tampa Bay, this is a very juiced two and a half that the Chargers are favored. Minus two and a half, minus 120, with a total of 47 and a half in Denver. Do you, uh, I mean, is this a letdown spot for LA? Are you surprised? I mean, are you surprised by this line? What, what do your numbers say this line should be? Well, real quick, I think, I don't know if we said it, but Pete is also on the Bucks with you. So he had, had oh, yeah, you're right. Bet. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's his last best bet. I just want to make sure people knew that's where he went. I think there's a tiny bit of value on Denver. My line makes it uh, Chargers plus two. I do think it's going to get to three, obviously, um, the way that it's at, at minus 120 right now. So people listening to this, it might already be three. And, um, and you can think about taking Denver there if you like Denver. Chargers dominated Pittsburgh for much of that game. They still needed a big play at the end to win. And it seems like the Chargers don't run away from anyone. And I don't have confidence laying points with a team on the road that has trouble running away from bad opponents. I want to be able to take points with the Chargers, knowing that that offense is so good that they can overcome you know tough matchups sometimes and and win those games. But I don't like laying points with the Chargers. Denver has severe issues on the offensive line, though. They were on display versus Philadelphia. Now Garrett Bowles, who who was probably going to be healthy coming out of the bye, he's on the COVID list. So he, if he doesn't play, they're still down another key, you know, key offensive lineman. Um, but if they can get their offensive line sorted out, I think that Denver offense can have success against the Chargers defense. 25th in points per drive. Um, you know, if they can run the ball on them, I know that that uh, the Chargers just had a good run defense game, but that, that doesn't mean they're a good run defense when you do it once. You know, you got to repeat that. So we'll see if Denver can can get the running game going with their running backs and take a little bit of the pressure off Bridgewater, not have to stand back there for third and longs with a, a leaky offensive line. Uh, Fangio had D playing very well before the Philadelphia game. I think they could find their success again in this big matchup. This is going to get pushed to three. Like I said, um, Herbert dominated. People are betting Chargers. I'm hoping it gets to three and a half, and I'm probably going to be on Denver at three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. I would, I, I mean, I agree with you on the, the Chargers. They can't close anybody out. If they do get a lead here, though, man, Teddy B or Drew Locke slinging it. I guess, I mean, I guess they have enough weapons in the secondary where they can get that done. Um, Denver, if they, if they, if they come into this game, trying to attack via the run, we can see Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. Oh, Melvin. Oh, Melvin Gordon revenge game. Don't sleep on that. Number one factor. Melvin Gordon revenge game, Denver money line. Melvin Gordon against a bad run defense and a team that needs to run a division matchup. That might be a DFS play on Sunday for uh, for yours truly. Uh, of course, we'll get to those DFS. Well, no, we actually don't do a DFS show. You should check out Fantasy Football Today DFS. Uh, those guys do a killer job breaking down everything you need to know about the DFS uh, DFS action for each week. We'll have Thursdays. Uh, we'll, we'll have Thanksgiving's DFS stuff in the feed. Um, but yeah, I would I, I would take the Chargers there, particularly if it's two and a half. But I, I agree with you at three and a half. The Chargers have opened up so much backdoor potential that I probably wouldn't want to be on them. Finally, I have some breaking news too. Uh, Chris Harris apparently played for the Broncos as well. So now he's a Charger. So, you know, maybe that's a Chris Harris revenge game. So uh, I want to retract my Melvin Gordon number one revenge game is the number one factor. I think that now that I know that Chris Harris used to play for the Broncos, that uh, I I can confirm that Chris Harris played for the Broncos. So I just didn't want to sneak by without having all the revenge game angles covered. At the Chris Harris revenge angle n- neutralizes to a degree the the Melvin Gordon revenge game angle, but does set up well for Melvin Gordon. I could see them like giving him twenty five carries against his old team just to spite them and like the two hundred rushing yards from Melvin Gordon, and then no one will be laughing at my revenge game narrative uh, so much on Sunday <laughs> afternoon, Monday night. What? Uh, by the way, I, didn't, I, I sort of screwed this up. I don't. I didn't realize what the. I mean, I'm assuming there's a Sunday night football game. 
Uh, Sunday night football game is, oh, that was Browns at Ravens. Hmm. Big spot. Monday night, though, Seahawks, the lowly three and seven Seahawks travel to Washington to play the four and six football team, which is suddenly kind of picking up the play here uh, over the last two weeks. Washington has won two straight games after looking like it was completely bottoming out, including a massive revenge game against for Ron Rivera and uh and um and uh and uh and Taylor Heineke. I'm trying to find the the WFT. You can't look them up on uh can't look them up on Pro Football Reference anymore because they're not the Washington or what do they even call them? Washington team? Washington football team is that what I have to call them on, on Pro Football Reference? The week before they had beaten the of course reigning world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21-19 at home. So two huge wins. They lost four straight going into the bye against the Saints, Chiefs, Packers, and Broncos. Come out and beat the Bucs and the Panthers. Those are massive wins, and they have another home game here against Seattle in a primetime spot. Uh, Seattle actually opened as a favorite, and I was arguing with our pal uh, Nick Costos, who claimed that his numbers said Seattle should be minus three. I disagree wholeheartedly and think Washington should have been favored. Obviously, I'm right here. Nick wrong per usual. Now, I would change my tune a little bit if Russell Wilson, if we knew that Russell Wilson's hand was going to magically be better and he would start playing better. But his completion percentage is in the toilet. Uh, the offense is is not – the offense is slow, like predictable, uh, bad. I get that this is maybe a, a breakout spot for, for Seattle uh, against a against a questionable se- – or secondary that's been questionable all year. And some of the worst stuff – worst secondary play in football all year, in fact. But – I just don't think I can buy Seattle playing a good game on offense. I know they're going to play a good game on defense until we actually see Russell do it. Yeah, the, well, you'd have liked to see anything, any sign of hope from Seattle the last two weeks to, to think that they deserve to be even a pick in this game. My lean here is to Washington coming off back-to-back outright wins as underdogs. They're hitting their stride right now. Seattle's offense looks broken. Defense couldn't stop Colt McCoy and failed in a must-win spot. They had to have that game last week, and they they did not show up. So don't like them moving forward. And I think everybody's kind of kind of uh, caught into the fact that Seattle is not a good team at this point. In fact, as we were recording, they got flexed out of the Sunday night game the next week. They were supposed to be 49er Seahawks. The following week, Sunday night football, they flexed it out, and they put uh, Broncos Chiefs in as that. So uh, maybe Seattle takes that as a sign of disrespect and say, look, nobody wants to watch us right now. We need to get our you know, get our act together. And they come out and all cin- cylinders firing. But without having seen it at this point, we can't just predict it's going to happen. So Russell's clearly not right. You know, it, it might click this week. It should be a good matchup. Seattle's offense on third down, they're 30th in conversion rate. But Washington's defense is 32nd in, in, in allowing third down. So if this is a team that you're going to get right on, on in, in obvious passing situations. It's going to be this team. So maybe it does happen. That Seattle defense needs to play better, though, for them to be respected yep. as a good team. Russ needs to be much better for this line to make sense. And if, if both those things happen, Seattle might win a close game. If one of those things doesn't happen, Washington's probably going to win. And if both those things don't happen, it could be a route. So I think Washington's probably the way to go. I'm just a lean, though. It's it's going up. Washington minus one on our screen right now. Um, and that's kind of where I have it is Washington minus one in my ratings. Because I don't want to overrate Washington winning two games too much. Um, you know, and we know Seattle's potential with Russell Wilson. So just give me a lean on Washington. Yeah, I mean, I do think there might be something to the and, and I'm with you. I don't want to get overhyped about about Washington by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, they were I mean, they were toast, two and six going into the bye. But yeah, you know, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think Ron Rivera is a good football coach. I mean, we can agree on that, right? Like he's not a like he's a, a an above average football coach. He's not not necessarily a you know the, the sort of like I guess 
when it comes to fixing a defense, I believe Ron Rivera is a good football coach. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I don't know what was wrong earlier this year, but I think just last year he proved he was a good football coach. They did not have a team that should be winning the division. I know it was a terrible division, but right. he came out ahead of that division against, you know, got other people were getting fired and and uh, they were able to win that division and pull things together with a quarterback that some people didn't think would walk again. His life wasn't threatening, you know, life-threatening injury. And uh, he was able to put a run together with that dude and, um, and win the division. So, I mean, that kind of proves to me that Rivera still has something coaching-wise. I don't think he's like the most analytical going to come out and, and win games Correct. just because of his coaching um, on game day. But um, obviously the players like him, respected coach. And um, I think he probably has the edge in this matchup because I think I think Pete Carroll's kind of on his last legs as a coach. Yeah. Uh, first six games of the season, they gave up 31 points per game. Uh, in their last four, they gave up just 24 points to the uh, Packers, granted in Green Bay, two-score game. Only 17 to the Broncos in Denver. They did lose the game. But then 19 to the Bucs and, and 21 to Carolina. Um, I, I, you know, with Cam coming back and, and being quite motivated to, to put up some points, I just kind of feel like maybe there's a chance that Ron Rivera has sort of gotten this defense to click again, which is weird even with Chase Young, with Chase Young going out for the season. Um, and if that's the case, and Taylor Heineke keeping well, they got the Seahawks, Raiders, Cowboys, Raiders on the road, um, and then at Eagles, at Dallas, before closing Philly, at New York. Like, they could string some wins together and, and, and make make a little mini run uh, at the at the postseason, I probably think I think they're probably a little too far back, but I wouldn't put it I wouldn't put it against this team to to make some noise. That's why I like them here. I agree though. Like I'm not taking if it gets like Washington minus three, I'm not taking that or anything. And it really all hinges on Russ. Brady Quinn has said over and over again that he he's not he just doesn't think Russ is like you're just not going to get the it's, it feels funny and you're making adjustments to it. And I think it's going to take maybe a week or two more for him for him to be good to go. All right, that is it for the best bets. The won't can't hit won't hit parlay checks in. Rams is a pick'em. Panthers minus one and a half. Falcons is a pick'em. I will personally be betting that one. I love it. The nobody else bet it. What's that? If Princeton is on it, everybody else be off of it. You might want to take That's the other side of each of those. That's right. Uh, I money lined our our money lined our parlay last week. That did not did not win. Saints did not win. <laughs> okay. No um, it looked kind of good for a little bit though, except for the Saints. Pete's best bets: Jacksonville, Atlanta under forty six. Titans plus five and a half. Bucks minus two and a half. Browns plus four. Is it Browns plus four or four and a half? Four. Okay. Bengals minus three and a half. Panthers minus one and a half. RJ's best bets. Philly minus three. Carolina minus one and a half. Atlanta as a pick them. The Jets plus three. Rams pick them. And Cleveland plus four. And my best bets. I got a lot. Bucks minus two and a half, 49ers minus three, Falcons is a pick 'em, Pats minus five and a half, Panthers minus one and a half, Eagles minus three, Rams pick 'em. I kind of love the, I don't know if I like love the card so much as I, the slate is great. Uh, according to the NFL, there are a record nine week 12 games involving teams with a 500 or better record, which is fantastic for football fans. Uh, it, it, you know, sure. We have to sacrifice most of Thanksgiving in order to enjoy this, but uh, you know it is what it is. Although I guess the are the two games are the two games with with the Raiders, the, the Raiders and the Cowboys. Raiders Cowboys was the biggest line of the week as far as we sit here now. It's got up to eight points for the Cowboys. That's the yeah. only one that's above seven. Uh, New England's pumped all the way up to six, six and a half at some books. Everything, but for the most part, every every game is like four, four and a half or lo- lower. So. Yeah. Um, 
So, so and, and it's, yeah, it's a lot a of close matchups. We, oh, sorry, we've seen, we've seen a ton of these big spreads almost like all season long. It's like three or four games a week where it's like 13, 14, something insane. So, yeah, and Raiders, Cowboys, and Bills, Saints would qualify as uh, teams with 500 uh, records or better in those matchups. I mean, a ton, I mean, a ton of good action. This should be a fun week of football. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. We'll see um, how our picks do. Hopefully, can hit this parlay now. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to uh, – hopefully I'm happy now that everybody's listening to this and the Bills have looked right against the Saints, but, you know, mm. I'm not, not optimistic going into the game. Uh, that line actually moved up to five and a half while we are doing this podcast. Got a little steam on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that's that Josh Allen Thanksgiving primetime magic that he showed uh, against uh, the Cowboys recently. Anyway, that's no the show. Thanks. thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Smash the like button, subscribe, rate, and review. For RJ Ambrinson, we will talk to you guys. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus.